Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Still Giggs goes. He's through. He scored. Ryan Giggs. He's at the goal that's played for Manchester United. To the left. Right footed. It's a clear header. And it's into the left. Solskjaer has won the European Cup for Manchester United. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stratycast. My name is Dale O'Donnell, your host for this evening. I'm with Dan Stapleton, Mike Knight Hiya. and Johnny Brook. How are you lads? I'm very good, thank you. Last week we previewed the first game of the season against Spurs and I suppose to get the ball rolling, Mike, you were on the show. How did you find the game? <laughs> um, I... Didn't see the game live at the time. I ended up watching uh, watching the whole thing uh, recorded later. Um, it was it was grim. If I, if I'd have literally just seen the match of the day highlights, I think that would have been enough. But um, it was very dull. I thought that uh, team that he put out was quite a negative one. I just wonder whether he was so scared of getting off to a bad start again that he was very very pragmatic about his team selection, and maybe he was maybe he's unsure about more unsure about the defence he's letting on as well. Just putting two holding midfielders at home to Tottenham. Um, I thought was was unbelievable, but I've never seen the confidence sap out of everyone so fast as it did when that De Gea news brought that he wasn't going to play. Everyone, you could just feel everyone going, "Oh God, here we yeah. go." Dan, you wrote a piece for the blog about the five points that you observed from the game. What was the main? What jumped out to you most from the game against Spurs? Um, I don't know. Like, like Mike mentioned about the uh, the De Gea situation and um, how it seemed to. You know, sort of take a lot of confidence away before the match. Um, I, d- I do feel like there's a bit of a cloud um, over the whole De Gea thing, and like I, I did write in that piece as well that um, you know I was hoping that it would come to an end before the Villa game, but still nothing but a look of it. So um, I, d- I, d- I don't know what's going on with it, and I, I do feel that the De Gea situation is really um, beginning to, to sort of. Uh, 
I don't know, cast a cloud over over the start of the season anyway. Johnny, the performance obviously was a bit of a, a bit of a letdown, but the result was most important at the start of the season. But elsewhere, we've seen Chelsea and Arsenal drop points, and it was always doing that last season against Swansea. Yeah. Um, obviously, the performance could be better, but if we do beat Villa, City, and, and Chelsea go face to face on Sunday, could mm-hmm. it be? Could we get a better start than that? Um, not really, because I think. <laughs> Without sort of being too long-winded, at the end of the season, you do genuinely look at the table and the points, not necessarily how you played to get them. And whereas the last season we got off to a ropey start and picked up an appalling amount of points in getting off to that start, if this year it still takes us five or six games to kick on, but we've managed to win four or five of them, then... It's not the worst position to be in, even if it's not the best of football to watch compared to what we used to over the years. And on that, remember last season, a lot of people kind of they hit Mourinho at the park and the bus thing, and a lot of people are often, yeah. often the opinion that Mourinho's football is quite boring. Um, can you see some similarities in, in the way we play and the way Chelsea play, although they have better players than we have to, to put it off? Yeah, I think for me... Um... And I know a few people have said it. It's as if the 5-3 at Leicester is like a mental scarring that he can't shake off. That in the one game where he thought, right, I've got all these attacking assets, I'm going to deploy them to do exactly that. We were so soft in the middle, they just went through us at will. And he just seems to be so scared of sort of unleashing the options he's got again that that'll happen again. So it's like, no, softly, softly see what we can chip away at. And I think he needs for us to achieve as much as we can to try and find that in-between that, you know, we can't approach this like Keegan used to in Newcastle where you score four, we'll score six. But he can't keep doing as he did on Saturday where it's a case of we're only going to have two shots on target. We've got to put one, if not both, of them away if we're going to win because... It's not really a tactic that's going to work long term over the season for us. Speaking about midfield, Mike, with a few debuts on, on last week, and Morgan Schneiderlin, and um, we got a bit of a cameo of Bastian Schweinsteiger. What did you make of both players? Um, Schneiderlin started a little bit shakily, I thought, but I think once he grew into the game and got into the game, he was very, very effective. Yeah. Um, I wonder whether as the season goes on, um, maybe if they should look at playing Michael Carrick at centre-half because I think he's a better option than almost anybody else in that position and just have, as a way to get Herrera into the team and someone else in there with Snidlin who maybe just sort of flick the switch from defence to attack a little bit better because I think we need that um, from that base of the midfield you've got to have someone who can just set off a counter-attack or yeah. uh, up the pace of the game if need be um, I thought Schweinsteiger, <laughs> that was great. I mean, he got booked not long after coming on, so that was standard for him. He always does that. Um, but he was ordering everyone around, literally in about 90 seconds of being on the field. He was telling people where they needed to be. He was he was really trying to marshal everything. So you could see straight away. I would liken it to what Cambiasso did at Leicester City last season, the effect that he had of galvanising that whole team and bringing everybody together and making sure everyone was doing their jobs on the pitch. I think that's the kind of effect that he can have. He may not play every single week, although I don't think he's as unfit as he's being made out in terms of injuries. If you look at a lot of those injuries, they were bad luck. They weren't fitness issues. 
Yeah, well, look, that's one thing I, I think was in the Sunday supplement. Someone was talking about the size of his shorts. Um, and we're trying to kind of give it off that he was fat. Um, <laughs> he, he, he might not be 100% fit, but I'd be very surprised if there was more than two or three players that were on the side after yeah. just coming back from a pre-season tour. The season's only started. I think it was Graeme Soonis that was, that was speaking about um, players' fitness the weekend uh, and brought up the point that when the season starts, it might take four to five weeks for a player, most players to be 100%. And that, that's when you see some sluggish play here and there. Um, Dan, I want to speak to you about Wayne Rooney. That attempt that he had just to put the ball in the middle, I don't know how long it takes just to, to move your foot towards the football and to, to aim it towards the, the back of the net. But um, I'm not too sure what Kyle Walker was doing. Did he kick the ball himself out of frustration towards the goal? But uh, we were lucky. We, we won the game on our own goal. And uh, one that was quite fortunate. Yeah, it was a really weird one. It's like um, with 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 the Rooney, well, the, the Walker and goal. It's kind of um, I I don't know. I mean, maybe you could uh, praise Rooney for getting into that position in the first place and making Walker have to make a mistake. I don't know whether you just thought that um, Rooney was going to eventually get to it, so he just sort of booted it out of frustration and um. It's like he know. got bored of waiting for Wayne Rooney to make <laughs> yeah. a shot. Oh, yeah. I'll do it myself. <laughs> I, I remember that season when we um, when we we got a lot of own goals, and I mean I, ca I can't really remember that season properly off the top of my head, but um, I think it was the ten eleven season, was it? Um, we had all those comebacks, and um, a lot of the time it was because Hernandez was just in the box, and I think that um, while we got a lot of stick for the own goals, you know, uh, being the top scorer or whatever it was at one point, um, it's like well. Maybe there is, isn't really a coincidence about how um, Hernandez was the one in the box and defenders start to panic and that's why own goals happen. It's like with penalties, it's like people will say, oh, the top teams always get the penalties. Well, of course they do because they're the ones who are attacking. They're the ones who are uh, mm. um, pacier up front. Liverpool, a couple of years ago, they got loads of penalties because they oh. just were just running from all yeah. angles into the box. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. like Rooney, to be honest, I, I thought that he did not look 100%. And we're going, we went into the season, him was our main man up top. But Van Hal said prior to the game against Villa in his press conference that Hernandez knows that he's second choice. Um, Hernandez is, is definitely, however, however you rate him, he's dangerous. He yeah. might not have the best first touch, he might not have the best runs in terms of being offside a lot, but when, you, when he's in the right position, he's very, very dangerous. Wayne Rooney, when he's firing all cinder, cylinders, you could argue was one of the best. Yeah. Um, is he still one of the best, Johnny? Can he um, still be one of the best? I, I don't think so. Um, I think, as you say, there are periods where if the ball dropped to him anywhere in that final third, be it a pass that no one could see coming or a finish that were out of Roy the Rover stuff, the boy put fear in the heart of all that he faced. But... I don't think even as a fan you get that same expectation anymore. If the ball drops to him 25 yard out, your instinct is right. He's going to take seven touches to fail to control it before laying it off 10 yards to the side and the chance is gone. And I don't know quite what's caused it because it just seemed to come from nowhere and Saturday, unfortunately, perfectly showcased it. He's made a really intelligent run into space 
created the perfect opportunity for a beautiful ball just to be rolled across to him. If that happens in the Sunday League, you expect the guy up front to hit the target nine times out of ten from it. For a guy who's charged with being the guy who's going to get the goals that make his title contenders again, to have four touches and it's still been mixed up in his feet after that, no, he doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. And because he's not Ronaldo-like in terms of this focus on fitness and performance and all the rest of it, yeah, he'll improve four or five games in, but not by a huge percent, unfortunately for me. Mike, another debut was Matteo Darmian, an absolute orgasmic display, if you ask me. Um, your thoughts? He was very, very good. Um, and it was it made me laugh because literally within about 90 seconds of him coming off and Valencia coming on and doing something wrong, we already missed him. It was yeah. just so obvious, the difference yeah. in class between the two. Um, he's very good. He, defensively, he's very intelligent. He positions himself well. That was part of the problem we had last season. It wasn't just the centre-halves. It's that we had a situation where, you know, you have Blind on the left, who is he's good, but because he lacks pace, I remember Navas just absolutely tearing into him in the early bit of that derby. He was all over him. And then Valencia just gets caught out because he's not a defender. No. So it's nice to have, we've got two guys now with him and Shaw, who wasn't as good, but he was still pretty industrious up down the left-hand side. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, who... Um, he was, who can offer us something defensively, and he actually got forward as well. People never, people said he wasn't that good going forward. I thought he looked pretty good going forward, but he got on the ball, um, and he's stronger than he looks as well. Actually, yeah. That fifteen minutes you mentioned, Mike, um, obviously bringing on Antonio Valencia, uh, a winger. I think we need to elaborate on. We just saw Rafael be sold to Leon, who got very little amount of luck in the last season. And I was thinking with those 15 minutes, if we actually brought in a right back, an actual right back, and not a mm-hmm. fucking winger, we wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't have looked so nervy back there. And I'm thinking, yeah. we, if you're going to go challenge for, for the league title, you're, you need at least two options in each position. Yeah. We've, got, yeah. we've got one at right back, and I, I, I don't care what Van Hal says, Van, or Valencia is not a right back. No. No, he's absolutely not. I don't know what Valencia is these days, but he's terrified of being a winger and he's clueless at being a fallback. So the best serves. <laughs> the thing about Valencia was at his best when he was creating all those goals for Rooney. He yes. pulled scores and pulled scores with the ball. Yeah. He didn't have to think twice about it. The ball was yes. sent out, out wide, real fast, real quick. Yeah. And those low balls worked because the defenders yes. weren't in the box already. Exactly. Now, nowadays, it's so slow. I think he got yeah. found out. Yeah. He's, he's a very... People say it's the injury. It wasn't the injury. He's was brilliant at what he did, but he was a very one-dimensional yeah. player. Yeah. You knew what his game was. All you had to do as a full-back, if you're a manager, you just go to your left-back, look, just show him onto his left foot. He's not yeah. doing anything then, is he? Yeah. Once he's done no. that, you stop the you stopped him running and you've stopped the whole pace of the team going forward. Yeah. Um, and that was the basic issue with Valencia. Once people found out how to deal with him, he there was there was no alternative. He's not someone like a Robin, who himself yeah. has a very direct game, but because he can go on both feet, he's very difficult to read about what he's going to do, so he's still very hard to mark. Valencia's just it's not the case. He's an old-school winger. You know, yeah. He would have been great in the 1980s, yeah, even yeah. the early 1990s, but... Um, he's he's just not up to it, I'm afraid. And um, but then again, Raphael, I know he was a fullback, but he never 
got defending and discipline offered enough. So no. I don't know how much of an improvement he would be on Valencia. We spoke last week in the podcast more, a lot about defenders um, and centre back. We can't say how weak we are with Johnny Evans and of course Phil Jones is out one of Mike's favourites. Um, Dan, let us know like, your your um, views on Chris Small. He performed very very well. Finished last season on a high, and in one of the games Harry Kane in his pocket and again. That was the case with Old Trafford. Is he one to to watch out with this season? Because obviously it's very important for him not to get any injuries um, and no suspensions. He needs a clear run the team. Yeah, he's like he's the main centre back now, which um, you know is, is testament to how you know far he's come since um, the city sending off in October. Yeah. But um, it, it's also kind of damning that like Chris, like we're relying on Chris Smalling. You know, just that sentence. It's like yeah. we're relying on Chris Smalling, and we hope to be <laughs> what getting into the quarterfinals of the Champions League and. Possibly making a title challenge with Chris Smalling as the main centre back. I mean, it just it is a bit odd, but um, I mean, yeah, he's been really good. But then at the back end of last season, he was really good. And um, again, like at the weekend, he looked like he was marshalling the defence. He was uh, sort of the main one there. And that and now he's not being because I, I know that at one point, especially on the Moyes, he was sort of played a right back a lot. Um, yeah. And at least now, it doesn't seem like Van Gaal wants to play him at right back. Which is good to an extent, but then I'd much rather have Smalling at right back than Valencia. Um, yeah. Like you said about Valencia, it's like, can you imagine Sir Alex bringing on someone like Kanchalskis for Paul Parker in the 90s? I mean, it's, it, it just doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I mean, I, I, do, I do like Smalling, and I think that as, as long as he's got another um, good defender alongside him, then, you know, we, I, I, th- I think he could be part of a. Of a winning eleven, but I, I, it's just it's just odd seeing him as the sort of main centre back in in a two. Yeah, I think it's a testament to how badly Ferguson handled a lot of young players in the last years of his time there. You know, because yeah. the way he messed these guys around, they never they never developed to the way they should have done. Yeah. Now Smalling has developed. I think he's yeah. t- he took on that. He responded to that city sending off by going right. That's a challenge yeah. for me. I'm going to go and improve. Yeah. Absolutely, and I suppose another player is Ander Herrera, come off the bench and a fan's favourite. Lots of the view that he should be starting games. Uh, Mike, you said at the start of the podcast that we looked a bit defensive or negative, starting off with two holes in midfielders. And I do feel when Herrera starts, even the counter attack, it's much quicker. There's more, more yeah. sip in the passing. It's it's fast. It's faster, and yeah. we'll create more chances with Herrera in the team. Um, Johnny, mm-hmm. whose serial has he pissed on? Um, I would genuinely love to know because it's like another lo- episode of Wilfred Zaha sleeping with Ava Moyes' daughter. It is. It's just I, I, I don't get how this lad can have the talent that he's got. And you look at the run that we went on last season that got us in the top four and created all that optimism prior to Chelsea away. And that guy was the central cog to the lot of it. It might have been the other people doing the scoring during it, but the amount of times that he was the guy that just sort of created that bit of space, delivered that pass, put somebody in out wide, cross comes in, suddenly you're 3-0 up and you're in dreamland. And all that seems to have been completely wiped clean come this season. Cause it's like, no, no, we're at home to Spurs. It's a dangerous tie. It's almost Moyes-like in its thinking in terms of, oh, no, we can't be 
attacking at home against this lot. We've got to protect the nil-nil we've got. And it's like, no, no, you've got to pick someone who is as creatively gifted as Amber is and just let the boy pull him apart because he's got the technique to do that. But for some reason, no. He was the player part of our um, best period last season the field. And when Van Haar went out to sign the likes of uh, Schneiderlin and Schweinsteiger, it's all, like, you know... Those two players are capable of backing him up if, if Herrera does opt for moving more forward or yeah. carries the ball for, forward. Um, yeah. And now it, it, it seems, I know it's only one game, but even on pre-season tour, he, he, he yeah. appears to be overlooked. He was actually training with some of the younger players, not with the yeah. teams that were starting. Um, Mike, you briefly mentioned something about Herrera at the start. Do you think he should be starting? He obviously scored against Villa last season. Should he be starting on Friday night? Yeah, absolutely. He should, yeah, because I think Aston Villa will try and force the pace of the game early on, and we need somebody who can cope with that. People forget about Herrera. I mean, it's not like he's defensively lax. What he offers as well is he presses opposition players so high up the pitch. I would liken him, he's very similar to Oscar, who plays for Chelsea. The reason Mourinho likes Oscar so much, and the reason he plumped for him over Mata as a number 10, is because Oscar presses high and hard up the field. And he's a very and he forces the pace of the play with his passing. It's very, it's very, very quick. And Herrera does the same thing. Ideally, really, I would play the three behind the striker would be the Pai, Mata, and Herrera. I don't think you're losing okay. much defensively with that because listen, I appreciate the effort Young put in, but he's nothing more than a stopgap. That's all he is. No. He's not a he's not a solution, permanent solution to a problem. That three behind Rooney are incredibly would be incredibly effective. They put the fear of God into anybody in the league. Especially yeah. with a link-up play, I think the way the Master and Herrera work together, that's what really makes us a quicker team because they it just is, have an understanding. It's the closest thing I've seen to sort of York and Cole since York and Cole. The pair of them just have, like you say, an understanding. They don't even need to look for each other. They just know. I mean, you get Pedro into that mix. I mean, that's really good. Yeah. Something. That that yeah that random thought excited me at work the other day when I got out to do it. Was just the thought of. <laughs> I hope you were in public. You know, like, like, oh no, but this is it. I want a sort of a discreet corridor, bless me. But um, no, just just that thought that, like you say, somebody's putting pressure on us. The ball breaks thirty yards from our goal. Now, Fergie era, you know, there's every chance that eight seconds later we're all celebrating another fine counter attack effort. Last season it never happened, but you now look at the option where you've got Memphis coming from one side. You've potentially got Pedro coming from the other. You've got Master and Herrera. If you've got Schneiderlin, Carrick, Schweinsteiger looking at those options that they can hit with the accuracy they can, a ball two, boom. That's going to scare sides to death. Why are they going to throw big volumes forward when they know it only takes one misplaced pass and suddenly in three structures they're picking it out of the back of the net? So, yeah, it, it just, yeah, it's an odd one. Yeah. Herrera and Herrera uh, and Mata against uh, Liverpool last season. It was yeah. it was so good. I mean, um, you know, obviously everyone talks about the Mata, uh, the second one, but um, the first goal was really good as well. And um, pass for the first goal. Yeah, and that was kind of it was like, well, what? Why isn't he trying that out this season again? Because yeah. that was when we were at our best. Like like you said about the run uh, yeah. that we went on before the before the Chelsea game, and um, Herrera and Mata were like. The, almost the, the big players then, and yeah. yeah, like you said, even though Herrera wasn't the one necessarily scoring the goals, he was. Yeah. Um, 
he, he was integral to that run, yes. and I, I just won't understand for the life of me why he'd, why he'd even, well, rather play Carrick, I suppose, or, um, or or even Ashley Young. I mean, even though, you know, Young was kind of decent at that time, like, like Mike said, he's kind of yeah. a stopgap. He is yeah. a player who, who is on form at the moment, but he's not necessarily going to be like that forever. And no. um, But you can see sort of the class in our era matter, yeah. and that those two are... But um, you can see that the class is sort of permanent with them, really, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mike, what is going on with David De Gea? Or as uh, you called, David De Maria. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he's deliberately agitated for a move. Don't believe any... The, the piece, I've written a piece that... Um, it's not gone out yet on the on the website, but he's him and his <laughs> agent, I believe, is Jorge Mendes, the uh, super agent, in inverted commas. Um, they're agitating for a move. He's spat his dummy out. He's, the toys have gone out the pram. Um, there's not a great deal of difference between uh, what he's doing now and what Di Maria did a few weeks ago. Um, you know, I w- if 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 De Gea suddenly went missing tomorrow and turned up at a medical centre in oh god, I don't know um, somewhere 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 off the southern coast of France, um, I would I wouldn't be entirely surprised. We got um, aliens invading the podcast. Yeah, it sounds good, doesn't it? I think it stands. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're fixed. Oh, it's fixed now. That's yeah. fixed. No, it's no, not. No, They're shooting no. now. <laughs> I believe. Uh, Dan's seen aliens and he's been kidnapped by government agents yeah. eager to cover it it's up. Funny, I mean, the se- the, the second like you it. mentioned Yari Mendes, that happened. But yeah, definitely. His, his reach is far and long. Oh, absolutely. Here he's back. I've been taken away. <laughs> what were you saying about Mendes, your, your pal, Mike? Um, it's, they're obviously having to take for a move. Look, you see, every time we try to talk about him, he's interfering. Yeah, you know, this is. If we just say the agent, we might get around it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the agent, uh, as he will now be referred to. Um, oh, it's stopped as well now. Um, <laughs> should I risk it again? Jorge Mendes. Right. The problem with Jorge Mendes is that um, he's got God knows how many clients on the books. I don't know how many. Um, some of them, um, I believe Falcao was one of his. Is that right? Yeah. Um, Mar- it was Di one of his as well, I think. Yes. As well, wasn't he? Because that, yeah. that statement that Di Maria released definitely came from um, his, uh, let's just say, his, the mouth of his management team, quite eager to, uh, I think, scramble to save a bad PR situation because Van Gaal was understandably furious about how that move went down. Yeah. And he was trying to scramble to save the situation in the hope that he might be able to... Um, see, he's interfering with the podcast again. Exactly. Can't even talk about him now. We just have to... I don't even know what's going on. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Dan, yeah, but Mendes yeah. is definitely interfering. <laughs> yeah. The dark hand of Jorge Mendes. Is he yeah. a Freemason? I think he's name. a Freemason. He's got to be for the impact he's having on this. He's got to be some sort of handshake. I'm assuming he's a liaison to the CIA. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was trafficking drugs in from Central America, yeah. nonetheless. Um, yeah. That's libelous. <laughs> Allegedly. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Johnny, 
Actually, I know. Yeah. I, I go to Dan first because I, I, I don't want Mendes getting involved again. Um, yeah. I'm saying his name. <laughs> Dan, is Romero on the base of last week's performance or do you want to see more before you say, is he a suited replacement to, to that agent's client? Um, no. No, he's, he's a big improvement on the numbers as we've got in Valdez and... The other guy whose name I can't even remember. It's that long since he's played. Oh my God. That's the one. <laughs> the nose um, but he, he's not someone... You look at him and the way he's played elsewhere and you look at some of the performances that Dave's put in in those games where we've had 30% possession, four attempts on target and somehow managed to win it 2-1. If that's going to continue to be the way we play this season, Romero's not a good enough keeper to keep us in those games like Dave did. So he's a nice little backup for the odd game here and there, but he's not somebody who you'd want to look at and think, yeah, this guy's going to get us through 40, 50 games a season. Johnny, your job as a goalkeeper, I suppose, any player is to do what's asked of you. Um, yes. And he, he wasn't really challenged against Spurs as the way no. I expected him to be. Um, and I, I, I did feel a lot of reds on Twitter were getting a, perhaps a bit overexcited. Yeah. Mendes? <laughs> I've had to get rid of Dan. I will get him All back right. in if um, he can manage to sort yeah. it out. He's been murdered yeah. by the super agent. Yeah. So what were you saying about Romero? Um, so yeah, for me, Romero, he, he he scared me again. Like you say, you looked at Twitter and before the ball had even been kicked off, the amount of people that were like, this is it, 6-0 defeat. We're lucky if we get out of this 4-0 down at half-time. It's like the guy's Argentina's number one. He pretty much, from a goalkeeping perspective at least, got into a World Cup final, got into the Copa America final. You don't do that if you are a mug. The boy's clearly got some skill to him. Is so, you know, there weren't a huge amount of fear, but at the same time, as people kept sort of putting that same stupid YouTube link on in terms of whatever clangers he's dropped, you look at that and think, yeah, perhaps that is a sign that he's not the guy that you want to say, there's the number one shirt, make it your own. But like you say, come Saturday, for what bit was asked of him, he stood up to it and he looked fit for the part at that point. There is um, an issue. His club record is very patchy, isn't it, in terms of his yeah. appearances and stuff. So that, that I hadn't seen, I'd only ever seen him for Argentina. So when I looked at that yeah. club record and the fact that he was sat on the bench at Sampdoria, hardly, yeah. not a terrible side, but hardly yeah. um, it, it, one of Italy's very best. Yeah. Made you wonder whether there was something wrong there. Yeah. I think that that was sort of the the concern that, like you say, when you sort of have a look at the history of who it is that's come in and you think he's not exactly been at sort of title-challenging sides in the countries he's been in, and yet even in sort of the decent sides he's been at, he's still been number two. So it's like you say, it was purely sort of the international stuff and sort of the role that he's had in the good old penalty shootouts that mainly caught the eye, and I'm thinking, well, he's got to have something about him to be playing at that stage but like you said there's also got to be questions about him if when he's in sort of these clubs like he is he's just not getting a game come rain or shine why is it two weeks into the season we're having this conversation we're not sure about the goalkeeper uh we're, we're maybe awaiting on possibly uh, signing pedro or for some reason we're just point bluntly refusing to meet his release clause you know it seems yeah. like we've got things together and here we yeah. are we're about to go into the second game of the season yeah, and we see no more organised than we were last year. It, it, to me, it's quite confusing because you look at sort of the De Gea situation, and like you say, it's clear that at some point last season the boy decided I'm off home. 
And credit to him for the way that he played out the rest of the season, he did a professional job of it. The summer is where it's gone completely wrong because it appears the club are determined that they're going to boss the terms under which he sold, but that's completely undermined by the fact that Real know that, well, in January we can just get him on a pre-contract for nothing, so we don't have to dance the R2, and he's made it clear he's not going to sign any deal that you give him, so we'll just buy this time and get him when we want him. We have Dan back. Am I? Good stuff. Hopefully this time Mendes doesn't interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We're going to jump into the, the Villa preview. Um, yeah. At Villa Park Friday night because thanks to the the Lunatics, the EDL. Um, mm-hmm. Mike, I suppose we, we, we'll talk to you first because you probably wrote a few pieces on these for your blog. Um, what are your thoughts on it being moved because of that lot? Um, I would... Um, like to do some sort of reverse Katie Hopkins here and propose that we throw <laughs> EDL into the sea um, <laughs> the game of the Saturday. But one thing, I am quite pleased it means Friday night football. I thought for ages we should have Friday night football. We should have it instead of these, not the Monday night, but these ridiculous Sunday lunchtime kickoffs, yes. which have terrible atmospheres and are usually yes. pretty terrible games. So, um, you know, I'm hoping if there's a great game and it's a good atmosphere, and I think it will be. Um, you know, it's only a, it's not that long of a trip down to Birmingham, and, and no. United fans are always great down at Villa Park. Um, it it might make people think, oh, maybe we should do this a little bit more often. Um, you know, is the EDL? Do we, do we, let's not let's not talk about those guys anymore. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you any going to the game, Johnny or Dan, Mike? Um, I'm still hankering to try and get a ticket, but I've got nothing at the moment. So if someone's listening to the podcast and you have a ticket, let us know on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. We'll start a mic out. Doing um, thing. Villa are a bit of an unknown prospect this season. You know, they've, they've yes. got rid of um, Ben Seke, um, the snake Delp, as people like to call him on Twitter, and, and the midfield master Tom Cleverley. What should we expect going into this, Johnny? Because they, they got a... They made a bit of a handful of, of beating the newly promoted side Bournemouth last week, 1-0. Um, and we weren't too convincing either so what no. should we expect away from home it took us to November last season to get our first win away from home yeah I mean if you're looking at an ideal first away game this might well be it because if you're looking Villa aren't going to be a side that will decide from the first whistle they're coming at us in waves again and again and again they've not really got from what I've seen yet a proper Benteke replacement they've lost as you say the Zidane they had last season in Cleverly, so... The English and the Esther. This is it, exactly. I mean, the, the amount of names that that boy's had for the lack of skill he's got is really quite commendable. I believe he came up with all of them himself. It, it won't surprise me that, you know, while he's just sort of sat there all those nights in his club suit because they've seen fit to not play and given how useless he is... Um, it, it still crushes me that the season that Pogba decided if I'm not going to get a game, I'm off. It's because, for some reason, Fergie saw fit to choose cleverly ahead of him. Oh. And don't forget Raphael in midfield. Oh, exactly. I mean, <laughs> and genuinely, I know Pogba's sounding just like a proper bitter, bitter, demented ex when he keeps saying he didn't respect me, but if you're that lad and you're sat in the stand that New Year's Eve looking at, hang on, Park and Raphael. They're telling me I'm not fit to start ahead of them too. If I remember rightly, Sir Alex went through a lot of shit to get him because um, yeah. he's from a French club and um, they, tried, they tried to sue yeah. or something like that. Didn't they? And um, 
I think the president of the French club actually he got wrong. He thought that um, whatever way United dealt with the player, he was actually at a contract as a 16-year-old. He hadn't got a professional contract. The United were actually in, in, in the right to go out yeah. and, and get the youngster, yeah. but um, the, the president of the French club made an absolute balls of the yeah. of, of situation. But yeah. um, nonetheless, everywhere Pogba's gone, there's been yeah. controversy. Um, yes. So look, we we could do an entire show yeah. on Paul. Pogba. I know that it's just <laughs> but, um, it's a momentary rant. That one it it, it troubles me regularly. He's but like that, that blondie from school that got away. Oh, he is definitely, definitely, and like her, he keeps oh, choosing better hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does his PR company call? And before the World Cup, there was um, was it the Pog or something like that? And there was these kind of animations made. Uh, and I'd never seen something so ridiculous. There's so much things in, in PR and yeah. football nowadays that it's just bollocks. Like Tom Cleverley, before yeah. he made half a dozen games, um, yeah. built a brand. Yeah. And people were calling the brand and this upset them. But like, it seems like a lot of young footballers nowadays are ill advised. You know, you see, we're up yes. against the weekend, we've got Jack Grealish and some of the stuff he yeah. got up to during the summer, which, to be honest, um, I'm a young lad, and most of you young already have been young. Yeah, we've all went out and got absolutely twatted before, and there's nothing wrong oh, yeah. with that. It's it's, and to be honest, I'm, I'm sure we all still do it. But yeah. the the problem is, there's so much social media. There's mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and all these things that everything yeah. is is recorded, and everything is put up online. Oh yeah, I mean, I know on the Spanish holidays I went, and I managed to get hospitalised on two of them. But this would be before all this stuff came along, so there's no evidence it ever happened beyond me using it in these work icebreakers whenever you're going to say something weird about you. Oh, I've done far worse than all day. I think that when I was in Ibiza when I was 21, I think it was yeah. a Led Zeppelin going through the Midwest of the United States. So that's, yeah. that's uh, yeah. you know, Jack Grealish is only was a bit tame. Exactly. No, I mean, I, I like it. It shows the lads at least the human that, you know, He's gone somewhere that you do what he's done, and he's just done what everybody else has. So it's a beautiful thing. But I mean, in terms of the actual game, I think if ever there's been an opportunity for us to say, right, we've got the first game out of the way, we've won that, we've tinkered with a bit of the side and looked at what works, what doesn't, and now's the time for us to kind of look at the formation that we mentioned earlier. In terms of obviously we've not got a Pedro to use yet, but you look at the idea of Rooney up top. Your Mata, your Memphis, and any other as the three behind. It's the ideal place to go to somewhere like Villa that aren't going to be hugely confident with all the sales that they've made in the summer and say, yeah, we are going to come at you, we are going to attack you, and let's see how you handle it. And we're going to do far better at that than we're ever going to do at sitting back and just hoping that we'll nick one on the counter. We have to be confident going to this game. Like I did yeah. say, it took us November last year to get an away win against Arsenal. We took so many draws. Remember Leicester that Johnny referenced yeah. previously. Um, Dan, prediction? Uh, I think it'll be really tough. Um, we should we should be winning, but um, I don't know. There's something about like a night game at Villa Park, and you know, whenever United have sort of played those games, they've been. You know, it's been like a real scrap. It's rare that we'll go out there and win like, you know, two or three nil comfortably. Yes. I'm just feeling over me that it feels like we're going to a lower league ground on an, on a, an FA Cup night, and yeah. and regardless of who it is, like we should be confident playing Villa. But yeah. like MK Don's last year and so on, I won't bring that up. But it doesn't uh-huh. matter if it's Exeter or 
or playmate or wh whoever it is it doesn't matter you're you're always kind of a bit kind of on edge and thinking well this side are going to be really up for it but I don't yeah. think Villa as Johnny said you're not going to wave and tax it as a, and that but it just it just feels a bit different on a Friday night um, and even with the like the depressing game last year when we um we're like one 0 down after about fifty five minutes or something like that and it really looked like we weren't going to be able to do it and I think it's going to be like that I think it's going to yeah. be um. Villa will probably take the lead at some point, and um, you know maybe we'll either come back and draw one one, or we'll go on and win it two one. Um, but it, it depends who's on the pitch because it's not like we've got much to bring off the bench. Uh, I think that's a worry. But like you know, Hernandez is our best bet on the bench, and you know I know he scored a couple of important goals for Real Madrid last year, but I, I just I just don't see. I mean, Hernandez has done it at Villa Park before, hasn't he? When, um, yeah. We're two 0 down, so you know maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but that yeah. was three years ago. I don't know whether Hernandez is the same player. Mike, prediction? Uh, I think it'll be one all. I could see, as Dan said, it being a right of struggle tomorrow. Um, I'm just relieved that Christian Benteke isn't there anymore. Yeah. You're going for a one all. I'd about it if he was there, but I think it'd be one all. I thought we'd be a bit more confident. Johnny, your prediction? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going two one United. Fair enough. Um, I'm thinking two 0 I think. Well, it's two clean sheets in a row, but much to yeah. ask for. Um, we'll yes, see. Yes. We, before we do wrap it <laughs> up, we've two, two, we've two questions from our from our listeners. Um, Jamie O'Donnell starts off with, "Say United finished third and don't win any cups. Pep Guardiola is available. Should I go for him? Go for it, Dan." No, because I'm not that keen on Guardiola. Really? Hmm. I, I can accept saying no. I'd say no because I respect Van Halen. I think he's, he'll still do a good job. But you don't think Guardiola is made out to be what people No, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think maybe he's gotten a bit lucky at Barcelona. I, I really thought that he got lucky at Barcelona. And at Bayern, I, I just... I mean, if anything, he's actually made them worse somehow. I know it was difficult to make them better, but yeah. surely he could have you know, sort of kept them on the top. And you'd have expected them to... Um, Put more of a fight last year against Barca, and um, I don't know. I, do, I just I, do, I don't rate Guardiola as highly as everyone seems to. But I, 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 don't, I don't think I rate anyone. I <laughs> do, but I think he needs the right club to be at. I'm not sure Bayern's yeah. the right club for him. No. Mm. Uh, I think, I think maybe United. maybe maybe United would be good for him. I, I, I'm not sure, but um, I, I, I'd say no. Mike. I'd say no as well. You've got to give Van Gaal three years. I mean, he, he inherited an absolute wreck. Um, it's, not, it's going to take a while to sort that out. You know, people have criticised how much money we've spent, but you saw the state of the squad and the state the academy's in as well, which is not as in a particularly great state as people would like to think. Um, Fergie didn't leave the club in good nick at all, and David Moyes was just not big enough to be able to sort the job out, although he did start um, sorting stuff out with the scouting system and stuff. Um, which did help. I mean, I couldn't have imagined Ferguson signing Shaw and Herrera. I'm going to be honest with you, especially Herrera. I just could never ever have seen Ferguson signing that these last few years. But he needs to see the three years out at least. For God's sake, we've got to do that. And if he if he does get us to third, I, I think third is as good as we can hope for this season. To be yeah. honest, after getting a look at City the other night, Johnny, you're going to hinder the question a small bit for you. Um, Pep Guardiola is available. Mm -hmm. And let's throw Jose Mourinho until you, um, you have to pick from one or the other. It would be Pep in that scenario. Why not Mourinho? 
Um, the, the the man just riles <laughs> me in every way that he can. I mean, just he, he's a genius in the sense of his side. You can't knock him too much because Swansea are a cracking unit. But at the end of the day, if you are champions and you are wanting to get off to a good start, they didn't really inspire any kind of great belief that they're going to do it again. So he's a very clever lad that rather than have the press talk about that for a week, he slagged his doctor off and suddenly that's all people want to talk about. It's but quite a is... difference to start a season. We're not going to get into the whole thing with the doctor, but yeah. for uh, since he's returned, uh, even when he when he came on to the English scene as a special one, it's probably yeah. the first time that the press aren't given him a rim job. Exactly. Uh, and it it makes some it's quite pleasing too because oh uh, it, it's beautiful I'll be honest just seeing him being treated like a normal human rather than on a pedestal. the second coming I it's think it's just looking amazing quite, um, it's looking similar to um you know the season that he was fired after um yes season that well I don't know whether he was fired was he fired I think he was or he, he left by mutual consent yeah. or something like that yeah. um. And I think it's kind of looking like that. It's like if they, if they, I think when Mourinho got sacked, I think that they drew one-one at home to someone like Rosenberg. Yeah. And if they have that again at the beginning of the Champions League, and they, you know, continue to drop points, they drop points at City, uh, against City at the weekend, and and they drop a few more points after that. I think that he could be in danger of losing his job. I really do. Yeah. I still think they'll beat City. But I want him. You know. Yeah. I still think they'll beat him. You want Man United, Dan? Mourinho, yeah. That's interesting. It's, 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 it's one that um, whenever you bring it up, it's very, very much divided. I personally, I'd agree with Dan. I would like Mourinho United. I think he, he's cut out for the job. I think he's desperate for it too. Um, yeah. He very much wants it. But, but some things, people bring up the whole thing that we poked in um, someone's eye at, at, at Madrid um, and, and all these things. And, I just look at Marie or Ferguson. Uh, F- Ferguson wasn't exactly the most pleasant human no. being either. He was mm-hmm. a winner, and so was Mourinho. And look, you have to kind of look at it that way. Would Mourinho be successful Manchester? Yes. Would he play good football? Arguably, probably not. Either as Van Hal, and no. yeah, people would stand by him. Um, yeah. It's an interesting one. I'm just delighted we're not fucking speaking about David Moyes. Yeah. Um, I'd completely left field you know, for someone else other than those two, to be honest, that we've mentioned. Who else is there? Yeah. I'd just go mad. I'd just go mad. A point by Elsa. If you want to manage, you'd just go completely mad. <laughs> Give by Elsa the job. It, we might not win anything, but it'll be fun. Yeah. I'm alright with giving geeks the job. Yeah. Oh, as, no. as soon as possible. I would like to see him either manage under 21s or something before yeah. before he comes into the first and to learn yeah. something. Yeah. Or either what, what I think is. He knows the English game at the back of his hand. Yeah. Either to go manage in, in Germany or Spain or something. Yeah. So when we went to Europe, that, yeah. I wonder if they should go into, you know, be given their own to maybe head up youth development or something at the club. I yeah. just, that might be a better idea as sort of a sounding board for him. Give him the chance to oversee that. It, it makes a, a, a better point. Cause like you say, to suddenly go from playing to assistant for two, three years and then just suddenly bump, there you are, lad. When is the league? It is a leap, and maybe a leap that kind of clip his wings before he's even learnt how to use them properly. So, mm. yeah, there's other jobs to do before that one. Of course. Um, last question from Michael Greenwood. Um, the curious case for Juan Mata, our best number ten on the wing. He's played on the wing and likely to make way for Pedro. 
um, what's that about? I suppose bringing in that question, you need to look at Memphis Depay who played number 10 last week and, and Van Hal is now saying that we might have played him at wide. It is a bit positive when you see someone like Mata with little pace playing at wide when you just know he'd be much, much better as number 10. Mike, take yeah. it away. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree. I thought those comments, I did see that press conference, it was quite interesting that he started talking about playing him out wide, but, you know, knowing Van Gaal, he could just be messing with us. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what goes on in his head, and I wouldn't <laughs> even like to try and figure out what goes on in his head. There's no point. Um, I'd be really, really annoyed if Mata had to make way for Pedro and not Ashley Young. I, I yeah. mean, what, you know, I think Pedro would turn up, he'd turn out in the first level, he goes, hang on a minute, where's, where's, the, where's Herrera, yeah. where's Mata? Yeah. Playing with Ashley Young? Are you yeah. joking? The pie operates better from the wing anyway, so... Yeah. Surely it would be best to put the pie on the left, Pedro on the right, Matter in the middle, yeah. off a striker. I mean, surely that's a no-brainer, really. I mean, like you say, that is genuinely arousing is the only way to describe it because just the thought of that, to have two wingers... I mean, I I grew up watching sort of gigs down one side, Kanchelski's down the other, and that... No one could compete with that because, you know, you put a cross in the box, the keeper catches it, one throw, six seconds later we're all up in celebration. That's what sort of Memphis and Pedro give you the option of. And when you've got, like you say, the backup to that being sort of matter, the base of the old attacking diamond, it just makes no sense to have anyone other than him with the skills that that boy's got. It just seems stupid to play it any other way but like you say for some reason if and when Pedro comes you suspect it'll still not happen and it'll take 20 games for it to suddenly drop at Old Trafford that hang on the best way to do this is I was watching watching City the other night and demolish West Brom and it was David Silva making me water from the mouth and I was thinking that's the kind of thing that what Matt is capable of doing and what he should be doing yeah you know it it is a no brainer Um. Before we wrap it up, Mike, Dan, Johnny, Atten, you want to finish on? Um, please don't buy Harry Kane. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we found the title of the podcast. That. Yeah. <laughs> without, without, without it even being a topic. Yeah. Please don't buy Harry Kane. Um, well, most certainly not this summer, but if, if you can repeat some goal scoring form I did last year then we, we can consider it but not on the back of one season not for me anyway um, no. just before we do wrap it up Dan your Twitter and where where your blog uh, I'm on Dan Stapleton 89 that's my Twitter handle and you, you do a bit for Public Mancunia as well as uh, yeah a live blog for Public Mancunia and um, I blog for you of course and Johnny your Twitter yeah. handle and where your blog it's uh, Johnny Brook one five one two, and I'm at Red Mancunian and Retro United at the minute. Fantastic, Mike. Yourself? Yeah, uh, Mike underscore Loudmouth. Obviously, blogging for you, and I write for uh, Speaker Magazine, which is an northwest uh, political newspaper. And uh, I write film reviews for a website called To Houston as well. I actually watched a film the other night. Um... It wasn't very. I'm not into horror movies, but I was caught unfriended, and I kind of liked the idea of a of a film that was kind of based on a computer screen. It was a bit surreal. Yeah. Oh, it was um, really good that film. You liked it? 
Yeah, I thought it was really clever. I thought it was a really, really clever film. Well, I tell well, you, I, I'm not one to put my hand above my face when I'm, when I'm yeah. fighting the film, but I actually had my hand above my, above yeah. my face for most of that film, and there was no part that very that that scary. Yeah. Um. So it, it that way it was quite a good watch, but yeah, very interesting how they did it. Um. Uh, so maybe that's what we can do, Mike. Maybe every, every week, maybe ask you about a film you've watched. Yeah, yeah, just don't ask me about Fantastic Four. I'm still trying to get that one out of my mind after watching that. <laughs> Great. Or as I call it. Does, does, oh. does, does that consist of Daily Bling, Chris Small, Matthew Darmian and Luke Shaw? <laughs> no, I believe, uh, considering the quality of the film, it's Johnny Evans, Phil Jones, Tom Cleverley and Eric Jemba Jemba. <laughs> so good they named them twice. We're going to end on that note. Thanks for listening to the yeah. Stratocast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and it'll be on Audio Boom too. And till next week, come on, you Reds. Still Giggs goes. He's through. He scored. Ryan Giggs. He's at the goal that's put it for Manchester United. To the left. Right footed. It's a clear header. And it's into the left. Soccer has won the European Cup for Manchester United. Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.